Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday Evening Podcast. Today we continue our series about the power of the blood. With today's sermon entitled, The Antidote, here is Pastor Rex Johnson. ministering here a little bit and I don't I don't preach long I hope I do good I'm going to do like Henry VIII told his fifth wife I won't hold you long tonight either okay so I'm not going to hold you long but we've been ministering on the blood we've been talking about the blood the propensity of the blood the com- the compound of the blood the power of the blood the strength of the blood and uh, the first week we talked on blood covenant we talked about that we have the Lord's cloak on us we are clothed with his righteousness He's got our filthy rags. We have his righteousness. Amen. And we talked about speaking words. And and we talked about speaking the covenant. And so we use our mouth to say, I belong to him. He is my God. And the last thing that they did in covenant keeping in those days, they'd plant a tree. And we have a tree that's been planted, that's been stained with the blood of Jesus Christ. And we cling to that tree because Calvary is our hope. It's our hope. It's our all that we have hope in is the cross. Amen. Amen. Jesus died for us on a cross. He was buried. He stayed two days, rose on the third morning, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. Amen. What a joy. So we cling to that. Then last week we talked about the power of the blood or the blood of the lamb, and we talked about the power of it, and we spoke on that last week. We talked about the antidotes. We talked about the antibodies that come from the lamb. We talked about the lamb a little last week. And, and the Bible said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There's a lot of churches that have taken blood out of their teaching ministry, out of their song books. They don't want to preach a bloody gospel. Billy Graham was known as the greatest preacher of the 20th century. And uh, Billy Sunday was known as the greatest preacher of the 19th century. And both those men were told if they would not preach the blood, they'd be a whole lot more successful. But both of them, the battling billies, I called them, refused to preach a bloodless gospel. They preached it, and uh, look what's happened. The people that's been saved, converted, changed in their life. Because nothing can wash away your sins like the blood of Jesus. Amen? Nothing, nothing, nothing. So tonight we're going to go into another realm. We're going to talk about the antidote tonight. We're going to speak on the antidote. And we're going to talk about the preciousness of the blood. Next week, we're going to talk about the blood being personal. And that will be the last of our series. And then next week also is First Wednesday. We'll be taking communion next week. And we'll have tremendous time of prayer. What a beautiful audience here tonight. Thank you guys for coming. You balcony people, you look good up there. Are you warm enough? you cold enough? you all right? All right, let's give everybody around us a hand clap of praise. Thank you for being here. Stand to your feet. I want you to say, Pastor, Pastor, speak to us tonight. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Speak to us tonight. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Speak to us tonight. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. You may be seated. That's the last time I'll have you stand. Thank you much. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Hebrews 2 and 10 in the King James said, For it became him, listen closely, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation 
that's Jesus Christ, perfect through sufferings. Then in 14 through 18 in the NIV, still, still Hebrews 2, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Everybody say, that's us. For this reason, he had to be made like them. In other words, he became man, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted now. All right. Now, what I'm saying is Jesus Christ came in the flesh to help us to change our lives. First, Second Peter chapter 1, a lot of reading tonight. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, everybody say virtue. And to your virtue, say knowledge. And to knowledge, say temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. He hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. May I say tonight, don't ever forget what God has done for you in your life. There's nothing like a fresh anointing of remembering what he has done. See, God is a God that adds to one's life. He's a giver of all good things. The Bible said he so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? His only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He stresses, if you want more than the norm, be a giver also. And he'll give back to you heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, and running it over. There's five stories of miracles in 2 Kings chapter 4 alone. Five stories concerning the prophet Elisha that we talked about on Sunday. First of all, he came to a widow that was about to die. Her and her son was about to die because they had nothing to eat. And he said, what do you have in your house? She said, I don't have anything save a pot of oil. He said, okay, you've got something. I want you to go borrow vessels and borrow not a few, and I want you to start pouring out the oil that you have in your house in those vessels. And the Bible said as long as the vessels came, the oil continued to pour. But when the vessel stayed, there was no more vessels. The oil did not pour anymore. The miracle of the oil is a powerful thing because as long as, as God has somebody to touch and minister to in this service, the oil will continue to flow in this house. The second miracle is the Shunammite woman who built a room on her wall for the man of God. And he promised her a son. He promised a son would be born. And that son was born. But then the third miracle is he goes out to the field the son does working with his father. And he holds his head and he says, my head, my head. And he dies in the field or he, he passes out and he comes to the house and he dies. Elisha's not there. Gehazi's not there. So the woman gets on her donkey and she runs out to find Elisha. She goes and finds him. 
And the prophet's servant comes and said, is it well with thee? She said, it is well. She brings Gehazi back with a, with a, with a mantle, with a, with a rod that Elisha used. And he takes that son and puts him up in the man of God's room and puts that, puts that rod on his, on his chest. And when the prophet gets there, he comes up and the young boy is raised to life. Now, I believe those stories. I believe those stories. And then the fourth miracle is a prophet's reunion, and they got together and was going to have a big pot of pottage, of, of, of cabbage pottage or whatever, stew, whatever they made. And somebody went out and found some wild gourds, and there was poison in the pot. So the prophet said, go out and get some meal and put meal in. Here's the, here's the point. The Lord never said separate the food to find the poison. What God does, he gives you something better than the poison that's in your life. Because God gives too. He adds to and doesn't take from. He's an addendum of God. He's adding God. He adds to you. He adds to you joy and never gives you any grief because that's the kind of God that we serve. And then the fifth one was the feeding of a hundred men with 20 loaves. The, the bread was divided and 20 loaves fed a hundred men. Now the fourth miracle is the one I want to talk about. They said, there's death in the pot. What can we do? Elisha said, put meal in it, add something to it. And the prophet Elisha said, add to and don't take from. Don't separate the food to find the poison. Just add meal. So here's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about an antidote. An antidote is something that is added to, something that counteracts poison or neutralizes the killing effect of poison or disease. Are you happy to know tonight that we have an antidote in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? We have the power of the Lord in our life. Wars and fires and earthquakes get more press. But each day, folks, that we live, we live at the mercy of, an or of organisms one trillionth our size. No matter how large our success, no matter how great our dominion, our biggest struggle is against adversaries no more than seven microns wide. The great plague of the 14th century killed one-third of all the people in Europe. Ships drifted crueless at sea. Highways were un uninhabited. Vast estates went unattended. Of the pilgrims coming to Rome in Easter in 1348, 90% went home infected with the great plague. Early in the 20th century, eight and a half million died in the war to end all wars. Yet a year later, a year later, 25 million died from a flu epidemic. I want to talk to you tonight about the blood. I want to speak about the antidote of all antidotes, the blood that brings life to us. Scientists tell us that blood is broken down in basically two areas. There is the red cells, which we call the producers. I'm not a doctor. We have several in the building tonight, but I'm not one of them. So if I'm wrong, they'll correct me. And then there's the white cells. We call them the fighters. They're also called lymphocytes. They're the antidotes or the antidotes of the body, the antibodies of the body. There was a time when doctors thought that bloodletting or draining blood from a person that was infected with a disease was the proper thing to do to bring a cure. However, scientists discovered what the Bible had already stated in Leviticus, that the life of the flesh is in the blood. You don't take blood out to heal somebody. You put good blood in to heal somebody. 
During healthy periods in a person's body, there's 25 billion white cells or lymphocytes that float freely in the body, while 25 billion more ride on blood cell walls. This is increased 10 times in the body when infections come in to a body. Some of these white cells, these lymphocytes, live only 8 to 10 hours, while some can live up to 60 or 70 years. Those who, who survive long term have what is called a chemical memory. Stay with me. They remember infections from years gone by while stored away in some lymph node somewhere. And when that disease tries to come back into the body, those cells that have fought and won and did not die go back and say, no, you're not coming back in this house again. A person cuts his hand. Here's an illustration. Antibodies or white cells in the blood rush to the spot. This is when a person is feverish. That's when he has fever. White cells are fighting and they're being multiplied. And the white cells fingerprints, so to speak, the infection and rushes to the nearest lymph node to give the message of the infection. And the lymph node in turn produces billions of antibodies and lymphocyte cells. And because of this fantastic blood, the word immunization has come along in our life. Diseases like smallpox and diphtheria and rabies and cholera and typhus and typhoid fever and polio, yes, and measles have all been defeated by a word called immunization. Because immunization, oh, I'm going to preach here a little bit tonight. Immunization takes a tired or a killed virus and injects it into a body. And when the white cells, the lymphocytes, see this, they build up an immunization that aborts the disease before it can take control of the body. Hear me. Blood has power. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I read a story about Edward Jenner. Jenner was trying to bring the smallpox remedy to America years ago on a ship. And he, bought a, he brought a ship full of horses. You got to get this. And on that ship, he would inject a horse with smallpox, the smallpox pox virus. And when that horse, perhaps not strong enough to withstand the smallpox pox virus, would start to expire, he would suck blood out of that animal and would transfer it to another horse, a well horse. And the process continued all the way across the Atlantic. Horses died all the way from Europe to America. Finally, finally, one horse was vaccinated. I'll go ahead and call him Secretariat. I don't know his name, but he was tough. And he was vaccinated. And though he became very sick and he sweated with a high fever, he lived. And his blood had won the war over smallpox. It was only a few years later that smallpox was put out of business because the blood of an animal won the war against a disease. Somebody clap your hands and say, he's going to preach to us now. I don't have long, but I'm going to preach a little bit. Put it on the screen. The property of the blood can be passed from person to person. All right? We've talked about animals to people. Now I want to talk about people to people. 
Author Paul Brand wrote a book years ago titled In His Image. You ought to read it, get it and read it because this is where I'm getting some of my stuff here tonight, what I'm fixing to preach. He was a practicing physician in India and he lived among and doctored lepers in India. And he was trying to make a life with those who were listless and helpless and grotesque. And in that, in that, in that village that he was working in, measles were rampant. I'm talking about horrible measles in his village. And he and his wife had a small baby girl that was not that old that her immune system was built up good enough. And he feared that she would contact the measles. And her immune system would be insufficient to fight them off. So Dr. Brand, Dr. Paul Brand went to a village one day and asked if there was anyone there that had contacted measles in their life any time in their life and had overcome them. And he found one man that had contacted and come through the infection. And he said, do you mind if I do something? And he said, no, sir, what do you want? Because Dr. Brand was fully respected by those people. He said, I want some of your blood. I'm a vampire. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> and Brand took a vial. God, I feel this. And he injected his little daughter with the blood from the overcomer. And her blood received the overcomer's blood. And her body built up a resistance against the measles virus. And she never contacted the measles in her life. Her blood built up an immunization against what might have killed her as a baby. Dr. Brand called this blood two words. He called it wise blood. Everybody say wise blood. Wise, wise blood, according to Dr. Brand, is a blood that remembers and never forgets. Say a blood that remembers... And never forgets. John the Revelator wrote this in Revelation 12. He said, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Everybody said they overcame him. Who? The enemy. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb. Christ in Revelation is pictured as a lamb looking as if it had been slain. This is a passage of scripture that we miss the context of sometimes. In John 16, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But then he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I have put things under my feet. And it is my desire, he said, for you to place things under your feet. We can live in the victory that overcometh the world because we serve a Savior that overcame the world himself. Are you with me tonight? Jesus died for us. I wish you'd go to preaching, Pastor. Stay with me. We celebrate his resurrection weekly in this church, not just at Easter. He shed his blood for us. Imagine a scientist, folks, looking through a microscope and seeing all manner of bacteria on a slide through that microscope, wanting so bad to fight the disease he views through the lens. He sees this disease working on, on, the, on, the, on the plate. He would love to pull off his white coat and shrink to the size of that bacteria and go down and literally get on the glass and fight with the world of bacteria on that glass. However, a scientist can't pull off his coat and shrink to that size and fight the bacteria. But what the scientist could not do, Jesus did. The eternal God of the universe left the viewing side of the microscope and robed himself in flesh. 
Yes, we call him Emmanuel, God with us. And he took on the form of man and he dwelt among us. And he who knew no sin became sin for us so that the blood could counteract and become the antidote of sin and suffering in our own hearts. And I wrote in my notes, hallelujah. The Bible said he was tempted and tried in all points, yet without sin. I love, I I saw it one day myself. I'm old enough to remember Phil Donahue on television. Y'all remember Phil? I saw it one day on his show. He said, somebody asked him, said, if your wife, he's really an agnostic. He really don't even believe in a God. He said, she said, if your wife was in a building and it was on fire, who would you send to go get her? He said, I wouldn't send anybody. I would go myself. Because I love my wife enough not to risk anybody else in my family, I would go get her myself. Mr. Donahue, I want to tell you that's what Almighty God did. He came and robed himself in flesh and sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he became God in the flesh so that we could see the glory of God revealed in the form of a man. He did not come as an angel. He did not come as a, as a theophany. He did not come as somebody that we could not touch. But he is a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of your infirmity here tonight. And I'm here to tell you, he came to give and to suffer and to die so that you could live and rejoice and be happy. Say amen to that. So the Lord was tempted in all points. The Bible said, yet without sin. Sickness and disease. The good book said he healed all sickness. He healed all disease. All manner of disease. Death and dying. He conquered death three different times. When he healed the daughter of Jairus who had just died. When he stopped a wedding, a, a funeral procession on the way to the grave and raised the widow's son of Nain that had already died and he was headed to the grave. And then the, 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 the greatest, the most ultimate was when he went to a tomb found a man in the grave that had been dead four days and corruption had already set in after the third day. And he called him back from the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. I'm here to tell you the Jesus I preach about can still handle dead things in your life. You got a dead marriage, he can resurrect it. You got a dead relationship, he can still resurrect it. You got dead hopes, he can still resurrect it. You got dead dreams, he can still resurrect it. He is a resurrector of dead things in your life. And I know we live in a Lazarus generation, but there is a God that can still pull people and pull dreams and pull desires and pull hope out of the grave of despair tonight. Mm. And he overcame sin. Everybody say sin. In the Garden of Gethsemane. He said this, and not many people don't understand why he said, he said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. You know why he said that? He didn't say that because he was afraid to die. Jesus was never afraid to die. Every one of his boys died. Every one of, every one of them died, except for John, the revelator. And he was boiled in a pot of oil, and there was a thing called double jeopardy. They couldn't kill him the second time. They wanted to kill him, boiling him in oil, but he, couldn't, he wouldn't die because the Lord had a revelation for him to write. 
But every one of them died. He, he did not come to this world as a coward. He knew his purpose. He said, for this cause was I born. For this reason I came. I came to die. He knew what it was going to be. He knew the end result. And at 33, he was ready to give himself. But here's what he said. Let this cup pass from me. You know why he said that? Because here was a man that never knew sin. Here was a man that had the blood of the Father in him. The Holy Ghost had overshadowed Mary. He had, he had sinless blood in him. He had never sinned in his life. He was a sinless example of what life should be about. We have a Christ that never sinned. We have a Christ that never, even though he faced temptation, he overcame every temptation. Even though he walked into sickness, it never, it never got on him. He healed sick people. Even though he walked into depressed rooms, he healed the depressed. Everything he touched turned to better. Amen? He didn't, he didn't turn to them. They turned to him. And when that cup passed by, he looked in it and saw all manner of sin. He saw your sin. He saw my sin. He saw ugly sin. He saw pitiful sin. He saw sin that he didn't want. And he said, if it be your will, don't make me drink this cup. I don't want to become a sinner. Let me be the spotless lamb. Let me be the lamb that don't know sin. But he had to know sin. And the blood that he had in him had to feel the sin of all of us. So that when he died and that blood came out and he died on a cross and was buried, when he rose, he could handle every sin question in this room tonight. There's not a sin in this house. Oh, hallelujah. There's not a sin in this house. I don't care how deep you have gone. I don't care how far you have fallen. I don't care how far away from God you are. There's not a sin in this house that he can't turn around and heal and cleanse tonight. Oh, hallelujah. I want to say something else. The Bible said he healed all diseases. He healed them all. Leprosy. Go show yourself to the priest. Get on down there now. Show yourself to the priest. Blind eye, come here. What do you want me to do for you? I want to see. Be thou made whole. Lame man, what do you want? I want to be whole. Take up your bed and walk. Paraplegic, what do you want? I want to be healed. They let me down through the roof today because I need a healing. He said, let me fix you first. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And now because people don't think that I can forgive sins, I'm going to tell you, get up, take your bed up and walk out of here because if I can heal you, I can forgive sins also. Every manner of disease, there's not a disease. Hear me tonight. There's not a disease that he didn't conquer when he was on this earth. And every one of those that he's conquered, if I could just kind of get your mind to running now a little, every one of them, those diseases would say, and go to the spiritual limp node of Jesus Christ and get stored away and said, I handle that now. And 2,000 years down the road, somebody's going to need healing from the same thing that I just touched the old boy here on the road to Damascus with. They're going to need the same thing. And you know what? That blood is going to be stored up because it's wise blood. It never forgets what it ever done. And if Jesus ever heals somebody, he can still heal somebody because the blood never forgets what it's accomplished. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an antidote that's not going out of business. I'm talking about an antidote that don't have to be, have to be upgraded. I'm talking about an antidote that can raise you up, heal your body, touch your depression, touch your hard, hard heart. 
bless you in any way you need to be blessed. Wow, 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 wow. I'm just about too, I'm just about too far gone here. There's a blood that's available today called wise blood that never forgets. It's fought every devil. It's fought every disease. It's fought every sickness, every temptation, and it's won. The blood has won. Every battle, every war, every sickness, every sin, every temptation, every issue that would hold a child of God back, Jesus won. He won it. And that's why he said the only thing that you can overcome with is the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb. Somebody said, Pastor, I got, I got a new, no, don't say it. I got a new strain of cancer. Oh, really? Oh, really? You got a new strain? You got a new strain of hepatitis? You got a new strain of, 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 of blood pressure? You got a new strain of this, new strain of that? Let me tell you something. I don't care how many new strains come into this world. There's a power in the blood of Jesus Christ that can heal any strain that comes into your world. Any strain. Everybody say any strain. Any strain. The blood don't have to be upgraded. It don't have to be upgraded. It don't have to be enlarged. It don't have to be put on a new display. It don't have to have some new name. It's the blood of Jesus. It whipped devils back then. It can whip a devil in your life now. It destroyed temptation then. It can destroy temptation in your life now. It healed the sick then. It can heal the sick now. It raised people up from dead things then. It can raise you up from dead things now. It touched the mind of people then. It'll touch the mind of you now. In fact, when Jesus died, when Jesus died, he was, he was crucified on a place called Golgotha, which means a place of the skull. The first place the blood of Jesus fell was on a head, the skull. Here's what I want to tell you. There is no depression that he can't heal. There's no oppression that he can't heal. Oh, I'm preaching right now. There's nothing he can't touch in this house. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus still is a remedy for healing and salvation in this house tonight. Amen. I'm just about done. I'm just about wrapped up. In fact, somebody last week said, Pastor, wouldn't it be neat if we could just go out and find us a little lamb and draw some blood and inject it into people and just see if it would heal cancer? That's a great idea. I love that idea. I'm not going to do that because that's a four-footed beast. But I guarantee you I can plug into a lamb of God. And I promise you the blood of Jesus still works in 2016 right now. Everybody say it's precious. For you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but by the precious, everybody say precious, blood of the Lamb of God. Amen. When I just a boy, I'm closing after a while. I'm on a downwind leg, but the wind is not blowing real big, so I'm, it's going to take me a while to get downwind. When I was just a kid, when I was just a kid, 
I had double pneumonia when I was born, and, and the doctor said I wasn't going to live. And boy, he's wrong, wasn't he? <laughs> he needed to know. He needed to know this Jesus I'm preaching about. And 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 a little old pastor in Oklahoma, in Mangum, Oklahoma, came in and put his hand under my head in that incubator on this side and put his hand under my knees on this side and lifted me up and said, Jesus, this little baby needs a healing. He don't even know he's sick. But would my faith touch you and would your blood come down and heal this boy? And I was healed. I was healed. I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to tell you something. I was healed. When I was nine years old, when I was nine years old, we was living on the farm. My dad was still sharecropping. We had, didn't have enough money to go to the doctor. Didn't have enough. And we called our pastor. And our pastor came out to the house. And I've told this story. He sat up with us till 2.30 in the morning. He said, I'm not going to leave till God touches this boy. I had what they thought was a swollen or enlarged spleen. They thought my spleen was about to burst. And we didn't have, we didn't have the funds. We just didn't have the money. We couldn't go to the doctor. Not that we didn't want to go. We couldn't go. There's no way to go. They didn't have what then what they have now. There's no way. And that pastor sat right there. And about every two or three minutes, he'd say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood over this boy. I plead the blood over this boy. I didn't know what that meant until about 3 o'clock in the morning. I was healed by the power of the blood. Two things have never come back in my life. Double pneumonia and spleen trouble. You know why? Because he's healed me of that. He's healed me of that. I've preached all over the world and all over this country. And I've gotten hot and walked out in the cold weather and said, ha, I ain't going to get nothing. I'm not going to get anything because the blood of Jesus has cleansed me and healed me. Here's what I want to tell you. I feel tonight, there's a, there's a friend of mine in this church that battles, he, battle, he, battle, he battles a, 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 a sugar diabetes. He battles it in this church. He's a friend of mine. He's a man that I love dearly. And I feel in my heart tonight that God's going to heal him in this service tonight. No, we're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not fixing to have a rally of prayer and people falling out. No, no, no. I'm just fixing to speak a word of faith to this church. And God's going to do some healing in this house. There's a person in this house that has battled cancer and they can't whip it. They can't whip it. But Jesus is going to touch that cancer tonight. There's people in this house that are battling all kinds of things in your life. And I'm telling you, there's wise blood that has healed that before. And it remembers what it has done. And it never forgets it can still do it. So whatever you have need of, if you have a need, if you need a healing in your body, if you need touching in your mind, if you need a victory over depression, over oppression, or maybe even the devil's trying to possess your mind, if there's things in your heart that you need victory over, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Not everybody has to stand, but I want you to stand. That's right. Don't be afraid. This is a church you don't have to be afraid of. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, the rest of you, I want you to do something. You that are sitting down, I want you to put your hands up toward these people and we're going to pray a prayer right now that Jesus is going to heal them. Now, if you're standing, if you're a stander, I want you to throw your hands up like this and start receiving it because in just a moment, Jesus is going to walk in this house. In fact, he's already here. 
He's going to walk up to you and he's going to touch you where you have need. He's going to touch you where you have need. Not where you have want, but where you have need. And he's going to heal you and touch you and deliver you from things that are holding you captive in your life. I am as bold as a lion tonight because I know the power of the blood of Jesus. There's a young man and his wife that moved here about seven, eight months ago. He couldn't hardly walk to the altar several months ago. His legs, his knees were locking. We prayed for his knees and his knees became fluid. He thought he was going to have to have surgery. I asked him the other day, how are your knees? He said, Pastor, he said, they're incredible. They're phenomenal. He said, I'm walking like I've never walked in my life. They're phenomenal. Here's what I want to tell you. God can take crippled and make it phenomenal. God can take broken and make it well. God can take sickness and bring healing. God can do anything in this house right now. And it's not because a preacher said so, but it's because the blood of the lamb has been preached in this house tonight. And the antidote is here for you right now. God wants to counteract the thing that's hurting your body and hurting your spirit. In Jesus' name, throw your hands up. Dear Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I command healing in this house. Because you said concerning the works of my hand, command you me. And I say in Jesus' name, bring healing to diseases in this house. Bring healing, Lord, to pain in this house. Bring healing, Lord, to situations in homes in this house. Bring healing, Lord, to minds that are being battled and, and there's drug cultures and there's alcoholism and people cannot seem to break the demons of those things. In Jesus' name, you're able to heal. You're able to deliver. You're able to set free. You're able to touch in Jesus' holy name tonight. Come on, receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Come on, magnify him, magnify him. Magnify him all over the house. Magnify him all over the house. Hallelujah. 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 Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we yet without sin. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. And bringing many sons to glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. You hear me? Everything that he touched, everything he healed... He never forgot. The blood still remembers. So you don't bring anything new to him with your problems. Nothing new. Everything has already been handled and put under the blood of the lamb. Amen? So let's claim it tonight. Let's just claim our victory tonight. Come on. Claim your victory in the house tonight. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim your victory here tonight. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim your victory here tonight. Come on, claim it in the name of Jesus. Claim it, claim it, claim it. Come on, claim it, claim it, claim it, claim it, claim it, claim it. Claim it. Claim it, claim it, claim it. Boy, Pastor, that's so easy. That's so easy. Really? Really? You think it's easy? Go to Golgotha one day. See where he died for us. It wasn't easy. It was tough. But with those stripes, we are healed tonight. 
with those stripes we are healed. And I know it's not easy, but you've got to receive it with faith. Amen. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.